ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. You've got to write your own story, right? So, yeah, and as Jack Sinclair would say, the real season's starting. So everyone starts equal and away you go. It's exciting. That is St Kilda coach Ross Lyon, summing up how every AFL finals team is feeling. Question is, what kind of story will each team write after 24 rounds? 414 games for 18 clubs. We are down to just eight that remain standing. Today, we're going to ask how each side might write their dream story. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily. Corbin Minimas calls footy for the ABC in the great city of Melbourne and all around Australia. Corby, today we are selling hope to the fan bases of the eight sides that will be playing finals. You're going to tell us why each can and will win the 2023 AFL Premiership, the Sydney Swans. They lost their final game of the season to the Ds. They are the eighth seed. Why can the 2022 grand finalists go one better this year? I think what we've seen in the back end of the year from the Swans is really what was the highlight of their game in 2022, and that is the slingshot, bounce-off halfback, great speed, guys like Ollie Florin and Nick Blakey that have had this you know, eye-popping style about them, and they've been able to generate scores in that fashion. They're also in possession of one of the biggest emerging superstars in the game, in Errol Goulden, of course, and speaking of eye-catching, that is you know, certainly one way that you would describe his game. What a superstar he is! Gordon. I think Tom Hickey was a sneaky big out for them, and with his with him returning in recent weeks, it has really helped the Swans' stoppage work. Like every team, the question mark's going to be health. Is, is Tom Papley going to be available? He was a laid out from their last regular season game against the Demons with a hamstring injury. And the other question, I guess, that we're going to have on the Swans is their stability behind the ball. Uh, and then the other end of the ground... If they're not, you know, generating, um, you know, numerous inside fifties and and getting a a lot of potency off the back flank, can they're relatively inexperienced forward line guys like McLean and Amadi hold it down in uh, in key posts up front? The SCG stands and applauds. GWS just beat the Navy Blues aside. Everyone considered a flag smoky. Has coach Adam Kingsley built a sneaky flag contender? I think he has. I think he has. And the other thing, which is in the Giants' favour is the fact that they've got plenty of finals experience. So despite the fact that Kingsley's there for the first time, this is now a sixth trip to the finals in their last eight years, which is something that their round one opponents or first week of the finals opponents in St Kilda don't have a lot of. So that immediately is in the Giants' favour. They're in possession of probably the biggest game winner in the competition in Toby Green. And Toby Green makes no mistake this time. He was up there for eternity and pulls in an early Mark of the Year contender. Uh, I think Marcus Bontempelli would try and compete for that title, but it's hard to do that when your team's not there in September. We know what Toby's capable of. And he's got a couple of crime partners up front in the likes of Riccardi and Hogan, who are very underrated ahead of the ball. So they do have options to score. And speaking of underrated, probably the most underrated backline in the competition. If Sam Taylor returns from injury, which we expect him to, Connor Iden, Jack Buckley, who's had a, a tremendous year, and all the class for the big-name players that we've known for, for over a decade now for GWS. And probably the biggest thing that is in their favour and what we've known about finals football, their top three for pressure in the competition. That pressure is manic. We saw it against Carlton in the last game of the home and away season. And if they bring that to September, they are absolutely a, a sneaky show. Ross, the boss, Lion, has coached two clubs to grand finals. He's never won a flag. Why is the new happy Ross going to make Saints fans ecstatic on the last Saturday of September? 
Because their ball movement has improved, uh, along with their ball use. So they move the ball better coming out of the back half, but also their delivery inside the forward 50 has been much better in recent times. The Saints are back in September. And again, the spread of scoring options. So Higgins has had a really good year. Butler's had a good year, been there in the past, had success, obviously, albeit in different colours. And then they, uh, they have Max King. And there are so few teams in the competition that have a Max King. I was going through the eight sides, and I, I think... Really, probably outside of Charlie Kernow, I think he's the best key forward in the final series. How many other teams have a guy that can bob up and kick four goals in a quarter and break the game open? I don't think there's too many, and, and that's something special that St Kilda have in their possession. Their midfield is, is going to be a question. They've been beaten around the ball in recent weeks and beaten at clearance. Their midfield does get a week off, though, a chance to try and freshen up, and they'll need a lift out of them if they are to, to cause a few problems in the final series. And their defence is always stingy. We know that about Ross Lyon coach teams, and that's something that will keep them in a lot of games throughout the final series, as it has done in the home and away season. Yeah, a week's a long time in footy, right? Let alone six. At times this season, I wondered whether Michael Voss would last the year with Carlton. 15th after 15 rounds. They finished fifth. Why can they go all the way? They're a stoppage team, and not just the fact that they win from stoppage, they score from it. And as we know about finals, Stacky, there are more stoppages in this style of footy or in this month than right throughout the home and away season. So they get Cripps back. He became the first Brownlow medalist in 66 years to have won Charlie without having played a final. Now he gets the chance to do that. And I feel like this is a guy, the captain of the footy club, that's been waiting for a stage like this. Always a strong clearance and contested possession team, and that historically has held up in finals. In he comes. Crips, snaps, goals. They've got similar sort of defensive methods to what we've seen from Ross in the past, and that makes sense given the fact that their defensive coach is Aaron Hamill, who has worked at St Kilda previously and spent a lot of time there. But really what gives them the huge advantage is their work at stoppage, as I mentioned off the top. And when you can win the ball at the source, that means that uh, your back line generally holds up, and it has done throughout the year. I think the big question mark of them, and, and Brett Delidio raised this as part of our coverage on Sunday, are they a better team with Harry Mackay in the side? I'm not so sure the answer is yes just yet, and what sort of balance they go with, particularly in the big men department. The Blues bandwagon might be full, but you can try and run behind it. After the Ds won the 2021 flag, I was thinking dynasty. Last year, the finals campaign was a straight sets departure. Why is the dynasty set to get back on track? Because Max Gorn is back to being Max Gorn. Uh, he's 6-0 and zero when he plays as the lone Ruckman. And unfortunately for Brody Grundy, the much-hyped off-season recruit, the team's you know, just over 500 when he plays. They're 10-7. and seven. So I think they're a better team when Max goes one out. And he's starting to get that midfield brigade up and running. And that is as straight as an arrow. A right smile from Max Gorn. So Viney and Petrarca have had tremendous years. But now Oliver comes back in as well. Although he's looked a little rusty in recent weeks, that is the strongest engine room in the competition. We talk all the time about games are won out of the midfield and they possess the best midfield in the competition. They're the number one contested possession team. They look the most balanced side that they've been able to unlock some of their ball movement going forward and their entries inside 50 have improved. We saw Fritch come back on the weekend and benefit from that. And they haven't lost anything behind the ball. They're still strong, held down by those two key pillars in May and Lever. So I think that they're the most balanced and informed team heading into September. Ken Hinckley, another coach who you wondered if he'd have a job at the end of the year. Well, the power have delivered big time for their boss. They finished third. Give Port fans reason to believe this is their year. The three studs in the midfield, Butters, 
Rosie, Horn, Francis. If they play well, and they'll need to, I think Port Adelaide can make a deep run this September. Goes forward, Horn, Francis picks it up, bursts through a couple, outside of the right foot, outstanding. They're a huge scoring threat, potent offensively, perhaps a little vulnerable defensively, and that has been the, the knock on Port Adelaide the whole way through. I mentioned earlier about how many stoppages we're likely to see in September compared to the regular season. One thing that'll give power fans a bit of optimism, they are the number one scoring team from forward 50 stoppages. The power march into finals on a three-game winning streak and book a date with Brisbane at the Gabba. So if they can get the ball inside enough, and even if there's sort of repeat stoppages inside their forward 50, um, that is something that, uh, that the power have at their disposal. That's uh, a huge weapon for them. It feels like no one trusts Brisbane at the MCG. Well, the good news for Lions fans is they'll play two games at the Gabba after they finished second. People are sleeping on the Lions. Why should opposition teams be afraid? Because they've always been a great offensive team. They're number one in the competition in scoring. But now they're also really strong defensively as well. And for the second time in the season, the Lions beat the so-called unbeatable Pies. Uh, They've got a spread of scoring options. They're the only team in the league that have had three guys kick over 40 goals. Hipwood, Danaher and Charlie Cameron. They're a stoppage team, albeit have been scored against out of the middle in uh, in recent weeks. So that's a little bit of a worry. But as much as we talk about their MCG record, I think for Brisbane fans, they would love to have that conversation in the last week of September. And there's a huge opportunity for them that they won't have to come to Melbourne or go anywhere else if they can convert their top two finish into two home finals, win them both, and that'll be enough to give them direct entry through to a grand final. In their last 59 games at the Gabba, they've lost only eight of them, albeit four of those were finals. The Pies have been flag favourites for much of the season, but the so-called chaos ball has been thrown into chaos by injuries. So how is it then that Collingwood's about to become flag pies? Because we're going to put a line through the last five to six weeks of the season. If you go back to after round 18, they were quite clearly the number one team in the game. And the Pies qualify in pole position. Number one. They'd conceded less than 70 points per match, so strong defensively, and we know what they can do with ball in hand and how they score out of the back half and how eye-catching that brand of football is. Number one scoring team out of defence this year, the Collingwood Football Club. And they are the minor premiers. So if you look at that profile and you try to make sense of what's happened in the last five or six weeks, I think you can quite clearly make the case that this is a team that has been waiting for the next major challenge. They'd worked their way through every possible key challenger in the competition, including the power over in Adelaide, and they've been waiting for this moment to roll around not just to capitalise on what has been a great regular season, but you can really extend this right back to the start of last year when Craig McRae came on board. We heard all about this Collingwood team playing with a reduced salary cap because they were still paying players to play for other clubs. New coach, didn't look like an attractive job, and immediately McRae gets a bounce out of them. It feels like they're on some kind of... uh, some kind of destiny to be able to make their way through to this stage. Last year in the final series, of course, make a deep run, miss out by a whisker on plane in a grand final. And so I feel like what we'll get in the qualifying final and throughout September is an extra motivated Collingwood team and a side that resembles more like the Magpies from the first 18 weeks than the last six. We've got a short wait before we get into finals action. Can't wait for it to get underway. Corbin Middlemass, thanks so much for your time. Anytime.
headlines. Australia's women's high jumpers have had a brilliant night at the World Champs, finishing with silver and bronze. Eleanor Patterson was attempting to defend her gold from a year ago and cleared 1m99. Oh, yes! The defending champion is in no mood to surrender her crown. But ultimately, Ukrainian Yaroslav Mahuchik claimed the title by two centimetres. It was quite astonishing Patterson did so well, given she needed foot surgery in February after cracking a metatarsal in training. Meanwhile, Nikola Olaslegas picked up bronze. It leaves Australia with six medals overall for the meet. Rugby League and Newcastle star Caleb Ponga should play finals footy after scans revealed the extent of his shoulder issue. The fullback suffered a high-grade AC shoulder injury in a bruising tackle during the Knights' win over the Sharks. Ponga's down injured. It's understood he will need injections to play finals in a couple of weeks' time. The Wallabies have made it five straight defeats under coach Eddie Jones after being thoroughly outclassed by France in Paris. With intimate out. For the World Cup. Pernod kicking for himself. Damien Pernod. Wonderful. Le Bleu showed why many see them as World Cup favourites as they grabbed a 41 17 victory. The Australians, they'll open their tournament against Georgia in two weeks' time. In hoops, the Boomers suffered a three point loss to Germany at the World Cup, leaving the Australians precariously placed at 1 1 so far for the tournament. And there's an obvious foul going to be called on the Australians there and a chance here for Germany to get across the line. With competition hosts Japan next up. And the AFLW season gets underway this Friday in what looms as the biggest and best version of the competition yet. For a premium sport product, you need a premium podcast. And we have you covered. The W Pod with ex-Magpie Shani Norder. She's hilarious. She's nuts. And journalistic gun, Sam Lane. She's smart. She's warm. It's really great analysis. And the chemistry is great. The whole thing, it just works. You're going to enjoy it if you like footy. There's a link in the show notes. It'll send Send you straight to their landing page. Do yourself a favour. I'm Patrick Stack. This is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Joel Kassam. Thanks to Stan Sport, ESPN, SBS and Channel 7 for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.